Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today. I'm Big Deanna Wilson, and this week our feature stories include Ken Maurer, president of the West Central Ohio Land Conservancy. We're going to talk about that fine organization. And Dan Recker stops in. He's the executive vice president of agronomy from Mercer Landmark. We're going to get an ag update from him. We'll have those feature stories and more this week in Ohio Country Today. Now's the time to harvest more savings with New Holland and Apple Farm Service. Take home a new baler, mower conditioner, rake, tractor, or skid loader with 0% interest up to 60 months and cashback options. Hurry and stop into your local Apple Farm Service today. Alan Davis, business owner, active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Alan. Give him a call today at 419-738-7447 and talk about total farm protection and more. Alan Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection and more. Call 419-738-7447. That's 419-738-7447. Your outdoor fun starts here at Dad's Toy Shop. See us today for all of your favorite remote control, land, air, and watercraft, and so much more. Dad's Toy Shop in downtown Wapakoneta is your one-stop shop for all of your hobby needs. Rodak and Midway Trailers are Ohio's premier Thunder Creek dealers for fuel trailers and depth delivery systems. Thunder Creek offers versatile, reliable, and best of all legal transportation and handling for fuel and depth systems. Let us know how our teams at Midway Trailers in Rodak can get you set up and ready any time of the year. For fuel and service trailers, economy trailers, service and lube trailers, double wall trailers, split tank trailers, bulk depth trailers, and standalone death systems for trucks. Remember Rodok and Midway Trailers, Ohio's premier Thunder Creek dealer, with three locations to serve you in Delphus, St. Mary's, and Dayton. Welcome back to Ohio Country today. Big Dan Wilson alongside of Ken Maurer. And Ken is president of the West Central Ohio Land Conservancy. It's nice to catch up with you again. Last time we talked to you, it was a couple of years ago before COVID. Yeah, it was indeed, yes. And uh, we were glad to have you at our annual meeting at that time. And uh, good to be with you and your uh, listeners, viewers today. Well, let's talk about this beautiful farm we're on here in Allen County. Okay. Well, yes, this is the, the Lauer Farm, which is uh, part of the Johnny Appleseed Metropolitan Parks District. As you said, you know, part of the Allen County uh, Preserved Lands. Um, and uh, um, this park has uh, not been open for that long. Um, but as, uh, as you can see, well, there's a beautiful restored barn. There's a beautiful restored uh, old farmhouse and uh, and the gorgeous land, so it's it's really a nice facility. Let's talk about the importance of of preserving our land. Well, the, in the whole United States, um, land is being developed at uh, a huge rate. Ohio, in particular, ranks right up there near the top of uh, states that are losing farmland to development of, of housing and other kinds of things. So um, we and a number of other land conservancy uh, organizations in Ohio are trying to ensure that we have, um, as, as we're all aware now with uh, some of the different uh, shortages of foods and things that we've experienced and the, the rising prices of foods, 
you know, having farmland available to produce that food is, uh, I think, increasingly at the top of our minds. So uh, to the extent that we can continue to do that, uh, we're all going to be better off down the road. Absolutely. And when you talk about an organization like this, the West Central Ohio Land Conservancy, there's a mission statement that I think is important for our viewers and our listeners to know about, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a very simple one for us. It's just helping uh, people who want to, who are volunteering to, we're not trying to force anybody to do anything right. that they don't want to, uh, to preserve their land according to their vision for it whether that be as agricultural land uh, in perpetuity or um, uh, a natural area. You know, we talk about organizations like this. You have to talk about your members. And how important is it to make sure that you're getting people involved in this, not just the people who are wanting their land to be part of the conservancy, but to get volunteers involved in this organization? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the more volunteers we have, the, the more we can do. And um, those of us who have been involved with the organization for a while, uh, like myself, are not, are not getting any younger. <laughs> and, and so we really need to have not only more people, but more younger folks who, um, for, the, for the future, can understand the, the need for land preservation. And besides the personnel, obviously, there's funding that's involved in this. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the funding and what you need to keep this organization going into the future. Okay. Well, for um, a small organization like ours, um, we have historically been very dependent, maybe too much so, but dependent on uh, the state uh, ODA program called the Land Egg Easement Purchase Program. And uh, they have, the, the state has about $6 million per year uh, that is distributed over a, a, quite a number of organizations. So let's say on average we would get two hundred dollars to $250,000 a year in funding from that, which sounds like a lot of money. Uh, but uh, when you consider that to be fully funded, which a lot of landowners want, uh, that number is $2,000 per acre. So when you divide $2,000 per acre into that $200,000 to $250,000, um, you know, we're talking about a few hundred acres a year at best that, that our organization can fund through that avenue. So to have um, other pots of money out there uh, for this purpose would be great. You know, it's important, too, to recognize the fact that, you know, the price of land, the price of farmland, like everything else, has been going up. Right. And it's hard to compete with that, to try to convince people who are on the borderline to preserve that land or to sell it for industrial purposes, commercial use, residential use, or to other farmers to rent or use. Right. So what are some of the other challenges in, in, in order to get the funding you need to at least be competitive? Or is it just in the minds of the person who wants to preserve the land that it really doesn't matter as far as a cost is concerned? You, yeah. But you need to be fair to them, right? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, you know, trying to make sure that they're compensated in some way for this is certainly important. 
But as you say, I think there has to be sort of a, a an attitude on the part of the landowner that they have sort of a higher uh, purpose for their land. Um, and that's why a lot of uh, the, the folks that we um, have put easements on their property are they're multi-generational uh, farmers, they're uh, century farms, uh, those kinds of things. So that, that the, the land is, a, as part of their family heritage, is as important, if not more so, than just the money for it. You know, there's a popular television show that everybody's aware of called Yellowstone, and the whole series seems to be about the battle for the land. And this doesn't really need to be a battle. This isn't something about whether or not it stays in the family or turns into commercial use, but just the fact that it does need to be preserved in some way, shape, or form, at least a portion of our land. So when we look at that, you know, what types of land are we talking about that people would normally put into this uh, use, if you will, as far as conserving the land? Yeah, well, we're we're talking about um, just open space. Uh, I mean, the, the, mm. this park land uh, and the other parks in, in Allen County are certainly one example for recreational purposes. Um, the prime agricultural land, I mean, a, a lot of this area being the old black swamp right. and some of the most productive farmland in the world. Uh, so that's certainly important. Um, just other um, natural areas that um, people enjoy in, in more private ways uh, would would also be something that that we would try to do. Some of our uh, easement holders uh, have taken land and uh, and put wetlands on it or or done other things, plant trees and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. to try to improve it to make it uh, for a wildlife habitat and the like. Well, we, uh, we of course, uh, are always happy <laughs> to get right. donations, but we have set up uh, an endowment fund now. Uh, that was something that we've done fairly recently uh, so that uh, people who have an interest in, and, and that one is in particular for preserving natural areas. Uh, so contributions to that and the, uh, the, the interest, the, the revenue that is generated by that fund uh, can certainly be used then for the particular purpose of preserving uh, natural areas. Um, and as I say, we, uh, we, we at this point, we don't have a, a real good mechanism for the, the large sums of money that you're going to need for the agricultural purposes, mm-hmm. which is why we've been, you know, trying to utilize um, other existing kinds of avenues for that, for that purpose. So there's been a lot of changes when it comes to land conservancy here in the Buckeye State. I'm from Cleveland, born and raised. We were blessed to have and still have the Emerald Necklace, the mm, park system right. that goes around uh, the city of Cleveland and Cuyahoga County. We have great park systems like Johnny Appleseed Park system here in Allen County that is just constantly expanding. Mm-hmm. So what do you see? What would you like to see as far as the future is concerned in conserving land and preserving land into the into the next 30, 40, 50 years? Well, um, I, I think if we could get, and this is something that we've been trying to work towards uh, with 
making people more aware of our organization through uh, the help of folks like you, um, and also trying to learn how to advocate with our state legislators mm-hmm. uh, to make them more aware of, of the need for this, and uh, to try to f- find one or more champions for uh, funding that goes above and beyond just what ODA has available mm-hmm. uh, to allow for uh, this kind of work to continue and, and be expanded uh, in, in the future so that uh, we can continue to do all those good kinds of things you're talking about. And you guys are doing some great things, Ken. If people want more information about the organization, you have a website or an email address they can go to? Yes, we do. Uh, we have both of those things. www.wcolc.org is the our website address in uh, info at wcolc.org. Ken Maurer, president of the West Central Ohio Land Conservancy, has been our guest. Ken, it's so nice to see you again. Good to see you as well, Dan. Thanks a lot. And thank you for being here. And for more information, we'll have a link at our website at inohiocountry.com. We'll be back with more In Ohio Country today right after this. Accurate, dependable, and easy to understand. That's been Great Plains' philosophy on drills since their origins in 1976. Whether you need the small 5-foot drill for your food plot or the massive 50-foot drill for record-setting planting, Great Plains has every size and type of drill you need. Pushita Creek Steaks, naturally delicious, antibiotic and hormone-free. From fresh grass and grain-fed, free-to-roam cattle, Pushita Creek is a family-owned and operated 210-acre free-range ranch right here in Ohio. And we take the time to custom-fit your order to exactly what you want. For steaks, roasts, hamburger, pet treats, gifts, freezer boxes, and much more, check us out on the web at PushitaCreekSteaks.com. That's PushitaCreekSteaks.com. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today. Big Dan Wilson alongside of Dan Recker. He's the Executive Vice President of Agronomy for Mercer Landmark. Dan, how are you doing this morning? I'm very well, thank you. Let's talk about an agronomy update. But first, let's start with wheat, and then we'll talk about soybeans, the wheat crop. How's it looking so far? Actually, our wheat crop looks pretty good. Um, We don't have a lot of wheat planted this year, especially in our northern regions. We probably don't have half as much wheat as we would like to have, as we would normally have. Um, As you get into the southern regions, regions, they had probably a little better chance to put out wheat, but as far as acreage, it's, it's... down considerably. And and, and why is that, Dan? Well, last fall was really, really tough just to even get the crop harvested, let alone for tillage and wheat planting, fertilizer applications, herbicide applications. It was a tough fall to get work done last year. And of course, uh, the wheat crop prior to uh, the last, well, at least 12 and 14, 18 months uh, really wasn't worth much too, right? Right. And we say that And considering the prices this spring, we probably have some wheat fields that got left that on a normal year would have been either killed and put to corn or soybeans. And with the price of wheat, you know, around $10, it really changed. It really changed the dynamics of those that wanted to keep wheat. So we've got some fields that probably will yield less than average, but considering the price, we'll be okay. Well, here in the Buckeye State, we're airing this during Father's Day weekend. We're looking at harvest here in the next couple of weeks. Do you see that being a a good crop for the farmers who did put in winter wheat? 
Yeah, for the for those that really really manage their wheat, for those that take good care of their crops, I think our wheat yields will be you know, average to a little below with all the technology we have, the use of fungicides and multiple applications. I think the quality of our wheat will be good. Uh, of course, a lot can happen between now and harvest, but I think the wheat that we have will be okay. Well, let's talk about those who might even double crop uh, soybeans into that. Has there been any talk about even double cropping corn? Is it too late to do that or what? Uh, Corn in wheat stubble is usually not a good idea. Just because of the, uh, the diseases that carry over from wheat can also carry over to corn. We do have some areas that will harvest wheat for forage and then turn right around and plant a corn crop in it for forage. And a lot of those acres will go to silage. But as far as soybeans double cropped into wheat stubble with the price of our commodities, uh, with the prices of grains, it will certainly be a consideration this year. Well, let's just go right into the soybean crop. How's it looking so far? Well, we're struggling. You know, as we speak, we have soybeans that are emerged and look nice. We have some fields that were planted ahead of the heavy, heavy rains, and they're struggling. We've got soybeans yet to be sprayed the first time, and we've got soybeans that are yet to be planted. Wow. So early stages right now, what's the weather doing to affect that was it late planting was it just the fact that uh, the weather was the ground was too wet what was some of the factors that led into this uh, this condition that we're in right now yeah certainly we have regions that are pretty much all done planting and we have regions that still have quite a few uh, beans to plant and it's more in the northern regions just because of weather just because of the rains that we've been having it's just been tough to get the bean crop planted up north uh, what stage should we normally be at this time of the year uh, as far as uh, middle of June, end of June? The middle of June, it, it, we would like to be done planting soybeans. And then we would roll right into the corn side dress. And certainly with, uh, with the post-emerge herbicides that we use these days, we would be knee-deep in spraying soybeans right now. And we're still trying to get the crop planted. Well, you talk about knee-deep. They always say knee-high by the 4th of July as far as a corn crop is concerned. And I don't think I've seen a field out there that's even close here in mid-June. Uh, let's talk about the crop that you're seeing out there. We've got really, really nice corn fields, and then you can turn right around and you can see where compaction has been an issue. You can see tile lines through the fields, and we're all over the board. And, and we've got corn that's probably just at the two or three leaf stage. I think it'll be okay. It may be late, but uh, that's where we are. And let's just go right into those input costs. What kind of changes have you been seeing, and are those input costs continuing to increase as we progress through the planting in the harvest season this year? Yes, we, we've seen seen all the commodities through the phosphates and potash and, and especially nitrogens because, you know, you can't raise a corn crop without nitrogen. And, and we're seeing record highs. Uh, we talk about the possibility of there being resets in the fertilizer markets. I don't know what those resets will be. Uh, we're just starting to hear hear what may go on for fill programs for fall and spring, but uh, it looks like those commodity prices will remain to be high. Well, Dan, before we let you go, let's talk about Mercer Landmark. So what are some of the exciting things that are happening with Mercer Landmark throughout the, the region here? Sure. One of our, our newest moves 
has been in the feed business with Heartland Feed Services. It was the merging of Sunrise's feed business and the Mercer Landmark feed business to create a new company called Heartland Feed Services. We're very, very excited about that. Uh, we still have growth in the livestock business, and the feed business has been very, very good to us. You know, we feed the world, and we're going to continue to do so. In the uh, agronomy side of it, uh, we're very, very excited about uh, the opening of our new Laddie Terminal. Um, it's up by our Laddie Grain Elevator. We just this week have gotten that fee uh, fertilizer plant up and running. Uh, our 24-7 loading facility there, a person can come in, pick up fertilizer, pick up liquid fertilizer, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, we're just very, very excited with the path that we're on. Dan Recker has been our guest, Executive Vice President of Agronomy at Mercer Landmark. We'll be back with more in Ohio Country today, right after this. Did you know that Apple Farm Service has carried New Holland for over 50 years? So when it comes time to purchase your next New Holland tractor, skid steer, hay tool, or other piece of equipment, trust the dealership with the experience and tools to serve you you better. Apple Farm Service has over 40,000 in-stock New Holland parts and access to millions more. They have a full fleet of factory certified technicians and a seasoned sales team with years of running New Holland equipment. Trust your local Apple Farm Service with your New Holland equipment. Learn more at applefarmservice.com. Alan Davis, business owner, active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Alan. Give him a call today at 419-738-7447 and talk about total farm protection and more. Alan Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection and more. Call 419-738-7447. That's 419-738-7447. Die Real Estate and Land Company specializes in farmland and recreational land throughout Ohio. A company for people who enjoy the rural lifestyle and looking to buy or sell their land. All of our land agents are members of the Realtors Land Institute and have extensive experience in farming and agricultural land business. At Die Real Estate and Land Company, we'll work with you to tailor fit a plan that works best for you, your family, and your investments. Our services include 1031 tax deferred exchanges, land brokerage, land auctions, and CMAs and valuations for estates and planning. We are Die Real Estate and Land Company. Call us today and visit our website at dierealestate.com. Die Real Estate and Land Company. We know the land business because we live it every day. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today. It's time now for another Farming Fast Fact. And joining me is Amanda Wishmeyer, Vice President of the West Central Ohio Land Conservancy. Amanda, you have a very special event coming up in the month of August. Let's talk to our viewers and listeners about it. Yeah, um, coming up on August 11th, um, we're having a program featuring Dan Wilson as our event speaker. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, so we welcome you all to come out. It's going to be here at Lauer Farm um, from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, we'll be sending out some invites, but um, we would love if people could RSVP. Um, we have some free food tickets. We'll have a food truck here. Um, and then we'll also have a panel discussion with some state and local um, elected officials. Uh, what do we hope to accomplish at an event like this instead of just coming to see me talk or talk about uh, farming and agriculture here in the Buckeye State? There's a, there's a bigger purpose to an event like this, right? 
Yes, I mean, you are entertaining, and we want you to come see Dan, but... Um, I got the 20 bucks that I owe you for saying that here, so... But we'd really love to, one, have people come out, learn more about land preservation. Um, our organization works with um, private landowners in preserving um, agricultural and natural areas. Um, we want to hear your story. Um, obviously, you've been in ag for a long time as well. Um, and then same with our state and local officials that we have. They have a great ag background and a good story to tell. So. What's cool, too, is we're going to have an opportunity to have some Q&A with local officials and state officials and try to get some input from them so that we can get the funding that's necessary to preserve an organization like this that preserves the land, right? Correct, correct. Um, yeah, the, the funding's essential. Um, yeah, times are getting t tougher, right? And so we need... Um, money in order to preserve land, to work with landowners, um, to keep that land and, you know, family farms. Um, but yeah, so, so hopefully we get some good answers and, uh, it'll be a fun evening. And I think it's important to come or to participate in an event like this. And even if you can't, check out their website and see exactly what this organization is doing. A proactive organization preserving our land here in the Buckeye State. Amanda, for more information, where can people go? Our website address is wcolc.org, um, or they could email us at info at wcolc.org. And once again, we'll have a link to that at our website at inohiocountry.com. Amanda, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Rodak and Midway Trailers are your source for Wilson Livestock Trailers. Reliable, lightweight, and durable, Wilson Livestock Trailers are your best value year after year. With attention to animal and operator safety, Wilson offers biosecurity and features more attuned to the needs and concerns of today's livestock haulers. Remember Rodoc and Midway Trailers for sales and service of Wilson Livestock Trailers. With three locations to serve you in Delphus, St. Mary's, and Dayton. Your outdoor fun starts here at Dad's Toy Shop. See us today for all of your favorite remote control, land, air, and watercraft, and so much more. Dad's Toy Shop in downtown Wapakoneta is your one-stop shop for all of your hobby needs. That's going to do it for this week's edition of In Ohio Country Today. I'm Dan Wilson, and thank you so very much for joining us. This podcast is part of our In Ohio Country Today TV show, and our radio program, TV show, and podcasts are designed to offer news and information about the agricultural industry here in the Buckeye State. We celebrate farming and farming families. And for more information, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast stations. And don't miss our award-winning TV show seen weekly on a station near you. For links to all those, visit us on the web at inohiocountry.com. That's inohiocountry.com. Have a good day, everybody.